Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Praise the Lord, TLC. I, um, with this back to school emphasis, I was thinking about some of my first days of school. Um, my first day of kindergarten, uh, I remember my first recess, they, there was like a band of sixth graders who uh, were diabolical and they wanted to um, get some naive kindergartners in trouble. And so they gave us these plastic jump ropes and they had us like swinging them around like hitting kids and there was carnage and it was just horrible. Um, and I, um, I had to sit my first recess in the safe square, um, and it was, it was very, um, uh, I never got over it. Um, my first day of high school, I went to Lee Summit High School, and um, I remember I, I was in band camp the summer before my freshman year of high school, and I remember just everybody looked so old. I was like, what, what is the deal? Like... There was this guy in band camp who he wore this t-shirt that was like, it was just kind of a low t-shirt, I guess. And I remember seeing him, he had like hair coming out of his back of his shirt. And to a 14-year-old, that's traumatizing because you've never seen that before. And, well, there was way more revelations, seventh grade locker room. It was just, it was horrible, but it just... I was like, why is everybody so old, and how come, you know, I'm 14, and, you know, the seniors already have beards. It's just, it just, it was, just blew my mind, and I remember my first day of college, when I was 18, um, I came to my first English class at 8 o'clock in the morning, and um, a kid came in, like, 20 minutes late to class. It was the first day of school, very, very first day of college. He came in 20 minutes late to class. And I went to Urson College, Bible College, so they have like a dress code. You have to wear a collared shirt and stuff. And he came in in sweatpants, like sneakers, a T-shirt, and a backwards hat. And he just like walked up in there, just like walked down to the front row, like plopped his stuff on the desk, literally put up his feet on the desk and like put his hands behind his head. And it was like, what do we learn today, teach or something like that? And I was like, wow, that is quite the entrance into college. Um, safe to say, he did not make it through the school year. Um, I'm pretty sure he dropped out. Anyway, back to school is quite an intimidating time. Um, but it's always a good time to, you know, a fresh start. You know, you have a, you have a new school year. Um, there, were, there, were some, there were some students at Urshan who, they had gotten into some trouble the previous year. And... I may or may not have been a part of that group, but the next school year, we came to school saying, we're going to turn over a new leaf, and we're going to start new, start afresh, no more pranks, nothing like that. So maybe this school year is your year to start something um, new. I'm going to be reading from the book of Revelation, chapter 1. I don't, I don't even think I gave the media team my scriptures, but scriptures are worth um, reading on their, on their own right. Um, Revelation chapter 1, you can stay seated, verses 9 through 11. It says, I, John, your brother and companion 
and the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. That, that phrase has um, stuck out and has been in my mind for about the past year. Is I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Tonight I want to talk about the subject of um, praying in the Spirit. Um, this, this phrase, again, is just really stuck out to me from Revelation of him, you know, in the Spirit on the Lord's Day and, and everything that happened after, after the fact. So I'm going to be preaching about um, praying in the Spirit. You know, I sometimes I like to overhear, um, you know, people praying. Um, I'm not I'm not exactly sure why, but it's just kind of something that I've I've always done. Um, ever since I was I was a kid, I just would um, listen to listen to people pray. I um, there was I had a friend in Bible college who was he was very uh, genuine with his with his prayers. Like when he was praying, it sounded like you know Jesus was literally just right, right there in front of him. And sometimes his prayers were very candid, and sometimes they were very like raw, because that's just the kind of person that he was. And I remember one time we were in class, we were in um, uh, preaching class, and they they had I don't know why they did this, but they had some classes start at one thirty right after lunch. And when you have, you know, sleep-deprived college students in a class after lunch, you know, you can only expect, you know, everybody to be asleep. Um, but I still, he, our teacher would pray before class, and he would, he would have us all pray. And I, I was sitting next to my friend. And I remember overhearing him pray, and he was just, he was just, real, he was just real candid. He's like, uh, Lord, uh, thank you for this class. Um, help me to uh, uh, stay off my phone during class. Help me to not fall asleep in class and help me to pay attention in Jesus' name. Amen. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, I'd, I struggled with falling asleep in class my first year of college, too. So, like, maybe I should have prayed some prayers like that to help me out. But I, I you know, I overheard that prayer, but I also overhear um, other people um, praying, especially here in the church. I have um, very um, vivid memories of growing up in this church and just um, hearing people uh, pray. I have distinct memories of hearing um, Sister, Sister Dennis and Sister Sims um, praying in our church services on, on Sundays. I, just, I had distinct memories of being just a little kid and, and seeing them um, pray, and it was just it was inspiring to me. You know, being, being a, I, was just a, I was just a kid, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old, and just hearing these these people pray that you know had had a had a special relationship with God that that really knew how to um, contact um, God and I have so many memories of of my dad um, praying i I would 
sometimes just listen, just enjoy listening to my dad pray because when he would pray, you know, you knew that you know something was was going to happen. You know, he you knew that you know he's he's shaking you know something in the spirit whenever he prays because he would pray with such you know authority and such power and such you know just a, a deep connection with God and and I have so many uh, memories of my dad just laying his hand on my head and just you know feeling um the the weight of his prayers and the strength that he is um praying and i think in the bible there is this phrase that that appears several times throughout the scripture and that is um praying in the spirit this phrase, just, it, it comes up in several different places in the scriptures throughout the New Testament. And it's, it's praying in the Spirit. I don't know if the phrase is, is in the Old Testament, but the idea is definitely in the Old Testament. When, when prophecy would come upon different people and they would just be there prophesying. Paul wrote in Ephesians, he says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And then Jude 1.20, he says, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. And I've, I've, I've heard this phrase my entire life, this um, praying in, in the Spirit. Um, let's pray, pray in the Spirit. And it, it, it just has um, intrigued me. It has really, truly intrigued me. And in this church, we are... Um, a Pentecostal church, amen? We are in a Pentecostal church. We believe in um, vibrant uh, worship, vibrant um, preaching, vibrant um, praying, vibrant response, you know, to, to, what, to what God is doing. And I love how whenever Pentecostals gather together to pray that, that everybody um, prays. We have a church softball team, and after every game, we, uh, the two teams, um, you know, come together to pray. There are other churches that, that play, and so we'll be there with other churches, and we'll come to pray at the end of a game, and you know, someone will lead the prayer, and always the TLC team is always just praying. All of us are praying, and the other traditions are, you know, you let one person pray, and, and, and you just kind of bow your head. I'm not saying there's anything wrong, but I love our tradition of, of power, powerful prayer and really believing God to, to do something in, in our lives. And so when I think of praying in the Spirit, I've my mind just automatically assumed that, you know, praying in the Spirit is um, praying in tongues, and that is um, true. When you are praying in tongues, you are praying in the Spirit, because we know that tongues is the um, sign of the Holy Spirit resting upon your life. And so I truly believe that when we are praying, speaking in other tongues, that God is, is truly working through us, and we are praying in the Spirit. And I also believe, though, that this idea of praying in the Spirit reaches past that. Of course, there's going to be tongues, and you're praying in the Spirit, but it's, it's talking about that, but I'm, I'm t- it's, I think it's bringing up a subject that's something just not bigger, but it's just it's an idea in the, in the New Testament of praying in the Spirit. I tried to best as I could understand what exactly the, um, the, the New Testament writers are, are meaning when they're talking about this idea of, of praying in the Spirit. And I 
from what I've gathered, it has this kind of idea of, of when you're praying, you're, you're surrounded by the Spirit. You're, you're, in the, you're in the sphere of the Holy Spirit. Another way to, to define this praying in the Spirit is, is you're praying with uh, special help from the Spirit. You're praying with a, a, spe- a special you know, um, uh, unction or, or utterance from the Holy Spirit. Because we all know that sometimes when you go to pray, it, you, know, you, you almost forget like you're praying. It's just, it's, you're just kind of talking and you, know, you might even fall asleep if your custom is to pray in the mornings. You know, sometimes when you're just doing your morning prayers or routine prayers, you know, we can almost just almost forget that we're um, praying and it just becomes you know, some kind of routine. And I believe routines and, and rituals are very, very powerful and very beneficial. But praying in the Spirit, I think it extends beyond this prayer. When I first started, started trying to, to really de- develop a, a prayer life, I, would, um, try, I, was, I made it my mind. I was like, all right, I'm going to pray for you know, 30 minutes. And so I started praying, and I, I checked over at the clock, you know, and it, hoping it had been you know, some time. It had only been you know, a couple minutes. Oh, man, we've got a long way to go. You know, in those 30 minutes when you first start, it's like, wow. You know, you run out of things to pray for. You know, you start praying for everything. The dog, you know, every, it just everything gets prayed for. And so I, I've, been, I've just been trying to, to figure out what is, what is praying in the Spirit and how do, we, how do we enter this place of praying in the Spirit and what exactly happens when we are praying in the Spirit. There was a, a missionary to the nation of uh, Columbia by the name of Bill Drost. He was um, one of the very first missionaries that the United Pentecostal Church International ever um, sent out um, from the United Pentecostal Church. And he, he wrote a, or there's a biography of his life, and it's called um, Bill Drost, the, uh, the Pentecost. And it's pretty cool having a name like that. You can rhyme it with the Pentecost. And that actually comes from a story when he was mocked for being Pentecostal, and they called him um, Bill Drost, the, the Pentecost. And he later you know, made it his badge of honor to be called that. And he was a missionary in the, in the 50s. And, but before he became a missionary, he was um, in World War II. And in reading his biography, something that, that kept just coming up in his, in his story is that everywhere that he went, it, it, just about every chapter of this book, he mentions that how he would just begin to pray and just to, to pray in the Holy Ghost and just begin to speak in tongues, just in every kind of situation he was in in life. He was, he was signing up for the, for the military, and he says, uh, you know, all of a sudden he just broke out into to tongues and prayer and worship and praise because he knew that God was going to uh, protect him in his quest in the military. And there's a, there's a very specific story. He was going to, he was, he was in World War II, he was, he was fighting, and he, he, he didn't take up a, a rifle. He didn't um, believe in, or he didn't want to you know, kill another person, but he, he was in the, in the war as a, as a medic. And at a certain point in the war, he was, his job was to um, take this uh, 
dynamite, and he was supposed to run out into the battlefield and set the charge. They were, you know, exploding something to, to be able to, to, for the army to, to move forward. And so um, Bill Drost, he, he was kind of, you know, nervous about, you know, taking this, this dynamite and running, running out in front of the battle. And it says that he, he got up from behind the barrier and he just raised his hands in prayer and just started praising the Lord and thanking God and praying in the Holy Ghost. And he ran out there and set the charges and then ran back. But when he got back, there was something very specific that happened. When he got back from, from placing the charges, he said, it writes in the book that all of a sudden he was, he, he closed his eyes and, and he was almost taken somewhere else and he had, he had some kind of a vision. And in the vision, he saw a map of the world and in South America, in the, in the nation of Colombia, he said that he saw that it was, it was, the nation was burning with fire in this map. And he says the nation was burning with fire, with, with the fires of, of revival. And the Lord spoke to him in this vision and said, you are going to be um, a missionary to uh, Colombia, South America. And he began to, to praise God and, and worship and, and just pray and, and seek the Lord after he received this vision. And he told, he was, he was kind of nervous about this vision. This is a side note because he was, I believe, either dating or engaged to somebody and he was worried that, you know, he's going to have to break it off because he was going to have to become a missionary. And ended up, God told her the same thing, called her to the same exact place. But Bill Dross received a, a powerful vision, and God gave him a, a specific, you know, purpose for his life on the battlefield. It was, it was pretty amazing. It's pretty dramatic uh, that just to be in, you know, war with bombs flying and stuff exploding, and all of a sudden he just lifts his hands and, and starts to worship and praise, and God, you know, speaks to him and gives him, you know, a divine calling and a divine purpose. And I truly believe that in Bill Dross' life, this moment, he was what we would call praying in the Holy Spirit. And praying in the Holy Spirit is there's, a, there's just a distinct kind of prayer when the Spirit just enables you and takes you almost somewhere else. There are, there are times when we're praying and we're just kind of in the flesh, as it were, and just kind of praying and just, you know, trying to, trying to push through something, trying to push through some kind of barrier. But something happens when you keep pushing and you keep having faith and you keep believing God that the Spirit comes in and helps you in response to your faith. And something happens when you're praying in the Spirit. You enter into another kind of place of prayer that you're not just praying in the flesh, but the Spirit is starting to pray through you. It's almost like you're not even praying anymore. It's almost like your understanding, your mind is starting to go away in the Spirit. You start to get the mind of Christ. The thoughts of the Spirit start coming to your mind. And you start even praying things you didn't even know were there. You start to pray things for people that you didn't even, you didn't even think about. They just start coming. They just start flowing. The river of the Holy Ghost just starts moving. And all you can do is just jump into the river and let the current of the Spirit carry you, praying in the Holy Spirit. And this is exactly what happened to John on the island of Patmos. John was, he was on this island because he had been in prison. Because of his faith, he was, he was literally, you know, just in prison. He felt in chains. And I can only really think about John being in some kind of, some kind of cave, some kind of jail cell, 
and they, they let him write, you know, they gave him some scrolls and, and, an ink, and some ink, and they let him write and all this kind of stuff. And I just, I have pictured in my mind John being in prison because of his faith. But, you know, they can, they can take away, you know, his freedom and all this kind of stuff. But when he's in that prison, imagine the kind of prayer meetings that John had. Just nobody else but him and his God. I could just imagine him, you know, raising, raising his hands and just, you know, just, just speaking in tongues and just praising God and worshiping and the spirit just starting to move in his prison cell. And so he's very used to this, this kind of prayer. He's very used to praying in the spirit. And I can just see that on this particular Sunday, the Lord's Day, that John was just doing his normal prayer routine. He was just kind of praising. He was just kind of thanking the Lord, just, just praying. And all of a sudden, the Spirit just descends on his jail cell. And the Holy Ghost just starts to move on. He begins to weep. He begins to cry. He might have fallen down to his knees. He might have fallen down on his face. And he just begins to pray. And the Holy Ghost and the Spirit just start to moving. And then, all of a sudden, a voice behind him. He hears, he hears a loud voice like a trumpet. And he says, Jesus says to him, write on a scroll, what you see, and send it to the seven churches. And when he was, he was praying and he hears this voice, he turned around and he saw someone like a son of man. He was dressed in a robe down to his feet with a golden sash upon his chest. The hair on his head was white and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in the furnace and his voice was like the sound of roaring waters. And John is just under the power of God. He's, he's praying. He's just worshiping in the spirit. And he, and he looks and he sees this, this vision of Jesus. And, and like I said, he's got flames in his eyes and his hair is like wool. And his, his feet are like bronze. And his voice is just speaking. It's almost, he says that there's like a sword coming out of his mouth. The word of God is like a sword that's penetrating his heart. And he's telling John, I've got, I've got something for you to do. I've got a revelation. I've got some letters for you to write. And it's like, his, it's like the word of God is just piercing his heart. And when we pray in the Spirit, when we have this experience like John, it's almost like the Word of God is so powerful. It's like a sword coming from the mouth of God. We've all been in those times when we've been, we've been praying and we've been seeking God, and God all of a sudden descends down upon where we are, and it's like a sword is coming out of His mouth, and it's, it's reaching into the deepest parts of our heart. And I've seen this with children. I've seen this with children. I've, I've experienced that in my own childhood. Just being, being, being in the presence of the Lord and just feeling God move upon me. And I had so many special times like this, especially when I was a teenager growing up in junior high, in high school. I would just, usually I would be upstairs in one of our youth services growing up, and I, all I could do was go to the altar where the Spirit was moving all I could do was respond in faith to what the Spirit was doing, and I would come on my knees and just begin to pray, and it was almost like I was taken to another place. And I would begin to weep, and I would begin to cry, and God would begin to put things in my heart. He would begin to show me things that He wanted to do inside of my life. Because when you are praying in the Spirit, this is the place where God speaks. When you're praying in the Spirit, this is the place where God speaks. When you've moved past yourself and you've now come into the place where the Spirit is taking you, this is the place where God speaks. I noticed that whenever in this passage in Revelation, what's happening is that John was, was again praying and worshiping and he's, he's taken into the Spirit and he's, 
He's praying in the Spirit. And then that's when he saw the vision of Jesus Christ. And then Jesus spoke to him and told him the purpose that he had for his life. He, he, he gave you know, him something to, to accomplish. He, he gave him you know, a task. He gave him you know, a, a purpose. This is what I want you to do, and I want you to write these things down. And I believe that when we are praying in the Spirit, this is where God speaks. This is where God gives us direction. This is where God gives us faith. This is where God just, just moves upon us in, in the way that we should go. This is where he speaks to us to, to give something up or to take something up or to, to lay something down or to move forward or to, to, be, to change, to let the Spirit change you. And this is the place where God speaks. And speaking on this back-to-school night, I believe that this is how God speaks. And I believe that God is doing this in vindicated student ministries. I believe God is speaking to our youth group. Our youth group is filled with teenagers and young adults who have hearts that are burning with fire for the Holy Ghost. We have a group of students who, who have so much passion for Jesus Christ. I see it on their faces. I see it when they're praying. And going to this school year at VSM, God is trying to take you to the place where he is speaking. He was trying to move you from one place to the other where he, he could speak inside of your life. He's taking you to a place when you begin to pray in the Spirit. He's taking you to a place where you're not just going up there and, and maybe you know, saying some prayers on your mind, maybe just saying your, your routine prayers, again, nothing wrong with that. But I believe God is taking this youth group from one place to another place, and he is speaking to us. He is, he is using us to pray in the Spirit. We were at just at Youth Congress a couple weeks ago, and I saw this very thing happen in each and every service, but especially on Friday night, they were, we were all just, just praying there together, and the Holy Spirit was just speaking, and I prayed for the prophetic anointing to come upon me, and I just began to lay hands, and God just began to, to use me to pray for these students, and I believe that our students are doing the exact same thing to each other. Something that I've been praying about, and God has been leading me to pray about in, in this church and in this youth group is for us to be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I don't just believe the gifts of the Holy Ghost are, are just for the adults in our church, but these teenagers, these young adults are being used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I had a student text me just a couple weeks ago that God used her to pray for someone to be healed. I've been seeing ministry happen in between these students. It's not even, it doesn't even have to be me praying, but they've been laying hands on one another. We have a student who feels a special gift to pray people through to the Holy Ghost. And every time someone is praying for the Holy Ghost, I call him over because I know God has placed a special anointing upon his life to pray in the Holy Spirit. And I truly believe that it's not just their desires or just something in them, but God is moving them to pray in the Holy Spirit. He's moving them to pray into a deeper level to pray and to see this and for God to speak and to be used by him. Because when John was in the Spirit and when he was praying, the Lord told him to write down what he was seeing. He gave him, commissioned him. And when we begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, God is going to start commissioning us. He's going to start putting something inside of our hearts. He's going to start putting a dream, a calling, destiny, future inside of our hearts. 
believe that there are future missionaries in vindicated student ministries. Some of you have already been telling me stories about you wanting to reach your friends. I've had so many come up to me and say, you know, I'm talking to this friend about, about Jesus. What do I do? It's the heart of a missionary. And not just a missionary overseas, but it might be a missionary here to the United States. God is putting it on our hearts at such a young age that we want to reach people with the gospel. We want to take the enemy's territory by force. We want to take the kingdom of God by force and bring down the kingdom. And as this group of students is heading into the new school year, God is going to begin to break open something in vindicated student ministries. God has begun to break open something in the spirit and that the spirit is going to be open. We're going to be able to just contact the presence of the Lord and God. We're going to move to the place where God is speaking. This past weekend at Summer Revival, Brother Bobby Wade was, was prophesying. He was prophesying about the growth that this church is going to receive in seven years. And when the prophetic word comes, all I can do is just receive it. I, I can't even speak sometimes when the prophecy starts coming because I can just feel the power of God and the truth that is coming from the mouth of the prophet. And he came over to me. I, I was just standing there, and I, I didn't even know he was coming. He came over to me, and he placed his hand upon my shoulder. And it was, like, it was like my whole body was just consumed by the Holy Ghost. And I began to pray and just in the Spirit and just see the revival that God is bringing to this youth group. VSM, some of you are going to reach your friends this school year that you had no idea that you were going to do it. You may f feel like you lack the confidence, you may lack the ability, but God is going to give you the ability. God is going to give it to you. It's not on your own strength. Quit trying to do it on your own strength. God is going to give it to you. God is going to give you the power. He's going to give the Holy Spirit inside of your heart. If you've been wanting a breakthrough in prayer, if you've been wanting a breakthrough in worship, God is bringing it down to us. God is bringing it down. The heavens are breaking open and God is moving upon us because we are moving to the place where God speaks. And I believe that VSM in this church is going to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. We're going to be like John. We're going to have our hands raised and all of a sudden, all of a sudden the Spirit is going to come down and we're going to be taken back into the Spirit and God is beginning to speak through us. God is beginning to speak through us. And it's going to keep flowing from this church to our schools, to our jobs, to the places that we touch. And the person, the people that you talk to, they're not saved. They're going to give a taste of eternity because they're going to have contact you because you've been, been, been with Jesus. God has taken us to pray in the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be satisfied with just where I'm at with God, but I want to pray in the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost to speak to me, to move through me, to use me in things that I never thought I could do. As the music comes, I believe that for tonight's service, and for our youth group, this is going to be a time that we're going to look back to during this school year, and we're going to see where God took us and what God was doing inside of our hearts. Right after John saw this vision, it says that he fell down before Jesus as though dead. And there's not a place that I'd rather be in when I'm praying in the Spirit than at the feet of Jesus 
dying to myself and laying it all on the altar in the presence of the Lord. You may feel like you're going to have to die to some things and lay some things down. Whatever you lay down, Jesus will give it back double and he will pick you up and speak to you. Just like Bill Drost received the call to be a missionary while he was praying in the spirit on a battlefield. You may feel like you're on a battlefield. But if you just raise your hands in worship and praise and you begin to enter into the spirit, that's where God begins to speak. Jesus, we're calling on your power and your grace and your mercy and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, to come down from heaven into our hearts. Lord God, we're believing, Lord Jesus, that you're raising up this church, Lord God, to be filled with people whose hearts are on fire with passion for the Holy Ghost. Lord God, and we want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, Lord God, and speak the word of God. Lord God, I pray that you would come and meet us. And Lord God, take us into the spirit, Lord Jesus, and bring us to that place where you're speaking, Lord God, and commission us with what you want to do with our lives. If you want that in your life, these altars are open to come and to pray. And to pray in the Spirit, to pray in the Holy Ghost, to enter the place where God speaks. Because for some reason, when we take a step of faith to the altar, I don't understand it, but that's where the Spirit is. That's where God is moving. That's where the river is flowing here at the altar, the place of dying to ourselves. The place of dying to ourselves and reaching after God, reaching after the things of God reaching after the holy things that consecrate. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.